Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, October 12th, 2022, the 630th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month, and you'll be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't right now, or you simply don't want to, go ahead and continue listening to the podcast for free on a wide range of platforms. Just please, if you like it, share it with your friends. We talked yesterday about Tulsi Gabbard's announcement that she was no longer a Democrat. It took her two and a half years of watching the Democrats tear society down during the pandemic and post pandemic period. But now that she's finally done it, she is a hero. Why? Because people think she's pretty and they like the way her voice sounds. 
And she says things that are slightly less wrong than the rest of the people still allowed on mainstream media and legacy social media platforms. Because of this dynamic, because of the censorship, because people have been totally deplatformed and only certain conversations are allowed to be had on those platforms where Tulsi appears. Otherwise, smart people have come to the conclusion that Tulsi is among the most reasonable people in the country. She's the one who dares to speak the truth two and a half years later after it becomes true. Very brave. I know. Very, very brave. Now, I don't want to seem like I'm hating Tulsi. I would love if Tulsi Gabbard actually joined the America First movement and began saying sensible things about what the problem in society is and how to fix it. But she hasn't done that yet. And until she does that, she's not the next vice president. That's what people are talking about now. It's like a big thing on Twitter. Tulsi should be vice president, maybe for Trump. Maybe Trump will choose Tulsi, who just stopped being a Democrat yesterday. That's the big idea. And why is that the big idea? Why do people think that would be smart? Well, some people are out there theorizing that Tulsi Gabbard and her military history of working sort of around psychological operations means that she must actually have been a quote unquote white hat this whole time. And now she's coming out of the closet. She's been supporting the America First movement from behind the scenes the entire time, and now she's out for her bright and shining moment. We all get to bask in Tulsi's glory, and we should all support her being the next vice president of the United States. No one could possibly deserve that more than Tulsi Gabbard. It's crazy that Donald Trump hasn't announced it already. And hey, let me throw you a bone. I don't know 100% that that's not true. It just doesn't seem to be true. And the evidence for it being true is so scant that it should be disregarded for now. I'm open minded. Maybe Tulsi Gabbard will impress me and maybe I will be supporting Tulsi Gabbard for vice president a year from now. Anything is possible, but we don't need to pretend all that's true and just start supporting her now because she decided to come out as a non-Democrat four weeks before the midterm elections. Now that it looks like the Democrats are going to be hammered beyond belief, even considering that there is definitely an election fraud apparatus still in place as of today. So why did she come out now and why is everyone so supportive of this? Well, the reason is because they think Tulsi Gabbard would be the perfect unifying candidate. She would soften Donald Trump's image for all of the people who still think Donald Trump is very, very bad, including many grifting or communist Republicans and influencers in and around that. Guys like Mike Cernovich, who think that he is much smarter and much 
tougher than Donald Trump. He would have never walked away if he believed there was election fraud. Therefore, Donald Trump is either lying or just not up to the job. And of course, Donald Trump is not nearly as smart as Mike Cernovich. Mike Cernovich has an ability to find a position that's going to make both sides as he sees them a little bit mad at him. And there'll be all that energy, all that conversation. And the attention will always be on Mike Cernovich, who can call both sides a little bit wrong. Ooh, it's so smart. The only thing better than that would be to be smart and principled. But the thing is, if he was principled and really thinking, he wouldn't say all the dumb shit he says about Donald Trump. Mike Cernovich was literally in the movie Plot Against the President. He knew that Donald Trump had a slow moving soft coup happening for the duration of his presidency. And he doesn't believe that Donald Trump is very smart or very tough and that what we really need is someone with a gorilla mindset. This is the sort of view of people on our side who would be excited to see Tulsi Gabbard be Donald Trump's vice presidential candidate. Now, again, Tulsi Gabbard has served the country and I honor her service. And she may well be a fighter for the America first cause at some point. So I'm not saying we should all write her off forever, but let's come back to reality for a minute. There is absolutely no reason at this point why anyone on our side should be supporting Tulsi Gabbard for a leadership position within the America first movement that she's not even in. It's absurd. So who else thinks that Tulsi Gabbard would be a great vice presidential candidate? Well, people that think we need to unify the country. Okay, what does that mean? Most of the time when I hear that in conversation, it means we can't tell these people directly that they're wrong and that their ideas are heinous and that their positions have destroyed the country. That's going to upset them. And then they won't want to unify with us. And if we can't convince them to unify with us, how are we going to win? And a lot of people think this is a very smart and very defensible position, but it's not. It's a ridiculous position. And I don't see any reason why Tulsi Gabbard should even be in this conversation. There's no reason to believe that Tulsi Gabbard isn't right now positioning herself to become a viable third party candidate. She's on Fox News constantly. Tucker has her on a lot. So, hey, maybe Tucker knows something I don't. Maybe lots of people know things I don't. That's definitely true. And maybe Tulsi Gabbard is an angel sent down to save us all. There's just no reason based on reality to think that's true. The Uniparty global communists are certainly aware by now that a massive portion of the people in this country find everything about the Democrat Party reprehensible, which is true. They also understand that there is a portion of the country who thinks that Donald Trump and MAGA are reprehensible. And so they want to find a way 
to appeal to both of those groups because one of those groups actually does exist and is very large. The people who think that Democrats are reprehensible. The other group exists, but is very, very small, except everyone is in denial about how small that group is because they are attached to the central narrative. They are attached to television news, mainstream print media and legacy social media. That's where all the information comes in. And from some major mainstream podcasts that like the media and the legacy social media do not allow truly dissenting positions to appear on their shows. There is plenty of evidence of this in reality. The first bit should be how many MAGA candidates won their primaries by being openly MAGA this year. We can look at polls and how many of those candidates are doing. We can see that the Democrat Party has just given up on campaigning altogether, simply hoping to prepare a narrative that would support another stolen election. We know that a majority of the country understands the 2020 election was stolen. We know that the issues Americans prioritize are represented by MAGA, not the other side. And people are learning and understanding that their choice is binary. They can have the future the global communists want, or they can have the future that America first is happy to give them. But that is not the position of the political strategists within the Uniparty. They think they can appeal to some non-existent middle, you know, centrists, the very, very smart people. And in that cushy center, they can be anti-woke, which is good. They can be against American imperialism on behalf of the globalists, and that's good. They can understand how bad Democrat policies are. That's great. But they still just need to know that they're not going to have to ever admit in public that they support Donald Trump. Why? Because they want to remain in the party of false decorum, just like they have the entire time. It's still not safe to say that you support Donald Trump. Sure, you can say that the Democrats are very, very bad on so many levels. You just can't say that you support Donald Trump because then you're going to get in big, big trouble. People are going to call you bad, bad names. And no one wants to be called those bad, bad names. Again, it's not like they don't call you those bad, bad names already. Sure, no one's doing it directly because you won't stand up and actually state your real positions online or in conversations with other people. So they're not calling you the names directly. They're just using those names to refer to people like you, people who agree with you, but not you. Absolutely not you. They would, they would never, they would, they would never, they would never do, they would never do that because they're really good people. They're just a little confused. And so the solution is to unify with them. And the way we unify them is by giving away our own principles and pretending not to understand things we absolutely do understand. And once we do that, they'll realize, hey, these people are on my side, too. 
and then we'll all be unified. We'll walk hand in hand into a beautiful American. Well, not American. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll we'll be in America, but okay. So we'll we'll walk hand in hand into a beautiful globalist paradise. But we're just not going to talk about woke stuff that much. And so we won't have these big arguments that we have on legacy social media and in mainstream media. And sure, those arguments are pointless. No one really needs to win them because no one really believes them in the first place, not even the person making the argument. But you know what? When those conversations go away, we'll all be unified. Everything will be perfect. The goal is to unify because what we really don't want is any pushback. It's been so hard fighting for these things. We just want it all to go away. And the best strategy for making it all go away is unifying with the people with the worst positions, the people who have destroyed society, the people who have profited while all of this has happened. We have to unify with them, you know. For the good of the country, what we must prioritize above all else is civility. You know, it's like false decorum. Oh, no, it is just false decorum. What we must prioritize above all else is false decorum so that we never get threatened, so that we never have to be exiled from the party of false decorum. We never have to leave it ourselves. It's so comfortable there. It's really working for us. But the thing is, we've actually been trying this policy for a really, really, really long time. And one could argue it's exactly how we got here. We went along with everything these people have suggested to a certain point. Oh, you can only push us to a certain point. And then when you finally begin teaching about divergent sexual practices to five-year-olds, well, then some of us might start standing up. But until then, we have to realize that the worst thing we could ever be called in the world is a transphobe, especially by groomers. So we shouldn't do it. We should just unify with them. We should unify with them when they say two weeks to slow the spread, and we say... Okay, you know, yeah, we can go without restaurants and professional sports and concerts and bars and churches for two weeks, you know, to slow the spread. Surely that'll work. I mean, it's never been tried in history and there's no science behind it. But theoretically, it seems like if everybody just stays home, then no one can spread the very deadly disease. But is everybody staying home? Well, no, because we still have essential businesses. And, you know, some countries, they didn't stay home at all. They just kept their countries going. But they're all dead now. Oh, no, wait, no. They're just fine. They're absolutely just fine. But the important thing was we didn't want to dismiss the concerns of the people who are always wrong about everything and bully everyone into agreeing with them from their position of cultural power and status and wealth. You don't want to upset those people who have all that power over you, 
who do all the things that are terrorizing you and destroying your life with those people. You see, you can't convince them that they're wrong and you can't win against them. So you just have to hope to unify, even when you're already right about everything and have proven that you're right about everything. And when you're already winning in absolutely dominant fashion, you don't want to push them too hard because then they then they won't side with you if you just push them too hard they won't side with you and then the whole thing was for naught so sure two weeks to slow the spread we'll be happy to destroy our lives for you so that you aren't upset and so that maybe you'll stop yelling at us and cases, yeah, we're worried about cases. The tests don't work, but I know that you're worried about cases. And on some uh, theoretical level, I guess it sort of makes sense that like the case number means that more people get sick, even though the tests don't work and they're forcing everybody to take tests. And there's so many false positive tests that it actually like totally overinflates the case numbers. But yeah, those case numbers, they're huge. Just imagine all the grandmothers who are going to die if we don't stop this now. Two weeks to slow the spread is a small sacrifice. And besides, you can work from home. And so two weeks can turn into four weeks and four weeks can turn into two months or six months or two years or 10. The important thing is that we unify with these people so they don't get upset. Because what we need to do is unify. You know, there's those friends and family members around us, and they've always disagreed with us. They actually say that our positions are stupid. They won't even listen to us explain ourselves and behind our backs. They tell other people they're really, really worried about us, even though they won't tell us that. They won't try to find out if their worries are justified. They won't consider that maybe we're worried about them. It's important, though, that they let other people know that they're worried about us because that's the best way to deal with the fact that you have one of us terrible no-no people in your family, too. I just don't know what we can do. Yeah, they call us names and think terrible, terrible things about us. But the solution to that is by finding a way to unify with these people. And we need to do it in a way that's going to let them know they can still keep all of their power. We love having no power. If we had power, it would really, really upset these people because then they wouldn't get to do all the things they wanted to. And once they're upset, it would be so hard to unify with them. They'll never stop being mean to us. And there's nothing we can do to stop it because, of course, we can't actually be honest about what these people are doing and we can't hold them accountable for it. They don't like when we hold them accountable. We'll never be able to unify with them if they think we might start holding them accountable. And so we gave them two weeks to slow the spread. And when states started to say, hey, it's been two weeks, it's time to open up. Writers from the Atlantic wrote articles with headlines like Georgia's experiment in human sacrifice. That was a real article in the Atlantic about Georgia allowing its businesses to reopen because everybody was going to die. It was an experiment in human sacrifice. All those lives lost just so that people could have their businesses and jobs and not 
lose their entire livelihood and cause people to die. <laughs> but that but that didn't happen. There was no downside whatsoever to lockdowns and lockdowns were very effective, even though there's absolutely no data in the entire world that says they were. And some states, ooh, they got scared. They wanted to make sure to unify with these people. They didn't want them upset. So they stayed closed longer. And people actually did lose their livelihoods. And drug abuse increased. Child abuse increased. Domestic violence increased. Self-harm increased. Alcohol addiction. Depression. Anxiety. And all sorts of various other forms of disease. They all increased. But that's not the science. And if we don't just stick to the science, these people will never unify with us. So we put a mask on because we didn't want to be the one killing grandmother and they were going to say that we were. And the only way to get them to stop is to go along with their plans so that we can unify so that they know that we are one of the good ones. And maybe through our shining example of going along with them, but just less excited about it, we could convince them that what they were doing was wrong. And it's important during that whole time that we be unified, because if we're not unified, then they're going to be upset and then they're less likely to stop torturing us. And then they said that a black criminal who died of a fentanyl overdose while being restrained under a policeman's knee was actually murdered. And the black criminal was actually a hero. And we needed to go out and protest, even though you can't go out to have a job. And they committed widespread assault. They murdered people. They burned down cities and police stations. They looted stores. They destroyed businesses. They attacked people at their homes. And we made sure not to tell the truth about any of it, because if we did, it would have been so hard to unify with the criminals. And then because of the very deadly pandemic that we had already given to them in order to unify, they put in place universal mail-in balloting in a bunch of states. They harvested ballots. They changed their election laws. They changed the actual methods of voting on election day. They destroyed Trump ballots. They brought other ballots in after the election was over and then counted them for days and days and days till they achieved the results that they wanted. And then they announced that their guy had won, even though they had stopped the counting in the middle of the night. And there were ridiculous and mathematically impossible vote spikes in Joe Biden's total. But we can't get upset about it. The TV has already said that Joe Biden won. What are we going to do? Stand up for what's right and what we know to be true? Of course not. If we do that, these people are never going to unify with us. And so we say, ah, uh, yeah, I guess you won this round. Now, please unify with us. <laughs> and and they didn't. They didn't unify with us again. And you know what the worst thing was? The worst thing was that smart, attentive people with principles actually stood up for those principles and went to Washington, D.C. to show their numbers, to show that the American people understand that that election was stolen. But that was very, very bad. How could they? Didn't they know that that thing was going to upset the people we need to unify with. And sure, those people reacted exactly how 
you would expect them to when someone isn't trying to unify with them. They staged a bunch of violence with federal informants and agents on the ground participating in the problems. Capitol Police attacked unarmed American citizens, and then everybody just lied about it and said there was an armed insurrection. They were trying to take over the government. They're a threat to our democracy. And rather than standing up and saying, uh, no, that's actually not what happened at all. We said, OK, well, I guess I guess uh your investigation is going to give us the full truth and we'll just respect that. And in the meantime, we're never going to say a thing when you talk about the big lie and the very violent insurrection. We're not going to stand up for ourselves one little bit because we need to unify with you. And sure, gas prices have skyrocketed and food prices have skyrocketed. Inflation is at all time highs. We have millions and millions of people, illegal aliens pouring across the border every year in a slave trade so that their labor can be exploited and their political power can be exploited. But we can't say it. We can't say it to them because they might call us racist again. We don't want them doing that. If they still think we're racist, oh, we're never going to be able to unify. So we better not say anything true that they might call racist. And what's that? Now they have a war to protect the sovereign borders of a country that kind of doesn't even exist. But we think it does because we don't know anything. So yeah, I guess they can have the war. Everybody knows that Russia is very, very bad. And yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, their army is Nazis and, uh, and foreign mercenaries. And they're protecting the borders of a country that doesn't totally exist. And they're not, you know, okay, fine. They're not really protecting the borders. I mean, they're shelling ethnic Russian civilians, but that's kind of like what just happens in war, you know? I mean, we're still like on the good side. Oh, no, we're, we're not. Well, Oof, then that's that's pretty unfortunate. And they got those bio labs there too, right? Where they study dangerous pathogens so that they can defend us from dangerous pathogens. That's what's yeah, that's what's going. Oh, they're shelling a nuclear plant. Well, why are they doing that? Oh, no, it must be Russia shelling the nuclear plant. And I mean, even if it's not, what are we going to do? Say that to them. If we say that to them, then they're not going to want to unify. And we can continue like this forever. As long as people on our side are still so cowed into silence by these people, by these bullies who, by the way, are exercising their wealth and power and status to literally oppress you. But we need to unify. We need to unify. Look where it's gotten you. So we are going to take Tulsi Gabbard and pretend that she should be Donald Trump's vice presidential candidate so that we can unify with these people. That's the smart take. That's the hot take. Is that really the position? Tulsi Gabbard is now firmly out as being anti really, really terrible things. Oh, wow. My hero. There's nothing else she could be possibly doing other than attempting to save the country by finally injecting a little bit of truth into the central narrative after the game is already over.
She's definitely not trying to look after her own position of power and status and wealth and influence. That can't be it. She's not setting herself up for a viable third party status at the behest of the Uniparty. And no one else is either. Definitely not Andrew Yang, who we also discussed yesterday. He's not doing that. I mean, what do you think? They just appeal to the exact same crowd and they're doing two versions of exactly the same thing. That's crazy. That's a conspiracy theory just through and through. And so let's check in on Andrew Yang's version. Well, Andrew Yang still has his little blue baseball cap and his little up arrow in his emoji set right next to an American flag that he clearly doesn't care about and his little blue check mark. He is an entrepreneur and a champion of a human centered economy. Except the thing is, Andrew Yang made a name for himself by promoting UBI because our trucking industry was about to be decimated as far as having human employees go by self-driving trucks and they weren't going to have any more jobs. And because he's talking about a human centered economy, it's good to destroy those jobs. So long as you promise to give those people a thousand dollars a month, very, very human centered. Well, the pinned tweet on Andrew Yang's profile that he pinned yesterday is heading to Utah this week. Want to hit the trail for some awesome candidates? Join us, forwardparty.com. Forward Party endorses, this is in the tweet below, Andrew Yang's Forward Party. He was one of the co-chairs and one of the founders, by the way, of the Forward Party. They're supporting Mark Kelly in Arizona, Evan McMullen in Utah, and Lisa Murkowski in Alaska. And you see, two of those people have at some point been considered Republicans. So what he's doing is unifying. He's supporting one terrible Democrat communist candidate in Arizona, and then he's supporting two terrible communist Republican candidates in Alaska and Utah. Can't you feel the unification happening? The guy is a through and through technocratic global communist who just left the Democrat Party 10 days ago and his Twitter profile doesn't even reflect it yet. But all of this is very appealing to very elitist, very, very centrist Democrats who understand that what we need is a new way forward because both sides, the extremes, you know, Everyone in the Democrat Party and their complete imaginative concoction of what MAGA is, those just aren't acceptable options. We need a third way. And you say, yeah, but Andrew Yang, he's not Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard has been out there a long time talking about how to be a perfect centrist. And yes, you're right. She has. And she's anti-war on some level, which is great, by the way. Again, this isn't about hating Tulsi Gabbard, but go ahead and argue intelligently that Tulsi Gabbard isn't doing the same thing Andrew Yang is doing just a little bit further to the right. Go ahead. Good luck with that. I cannot wait to hear what you come up with. Let's not kid ourselves. All of this is being done 
in the name of unification with people who we have tried to mollify and pacify and satisfy and unify with for years and years and years while they continue stamping their boot down on your fucking faces. So pardon my French, but it ain't about Tulsi hate. It's about this mythological idea of unification by compromising our principles to people who have been continuously trying to destroy us. And I haven't even mentioned censorship yet. Stop playing a losing game. Stop playing their game on their battlefield. They don't control the game. They don't control the battlefield. They are about to get decimated like never before in history. And we're trying to figure out ways to help our side meet them in the middle. Are you kidding me? Look at our record of doing that. Imagine what life would have been like the last two years if we'd never tried to do it at all. If we had just stood up and said, no, you can't close our businesses and our churches. No, you can't make our children wear masks because we know they're unhealthy. We know it makes them sick. We know it hinders their ability to learn. We know it hinders their ability to connect with people in the world, to speak. You can't mask our children. No, you're not allowed to segregate people and force them to get an experimental gene therapy that may well kill or maim or sterilize them. You just can't do it. Sorry. If that means we can't unify, so be it. And where would we be if we didn't pretend that Joe Biden might make all of it stop all of the discord and disconnect and division? It'll all stop once Biden gets in there. Oh, it's Trump that's divisive. It's not the media telling us who Trump is and lying about who Trump is and what he does. That's not what's divisive. It's Donald Trump. It's not the fact that every contradictory point of view is censored and removed from the conversation. It's not that millions and millions and millions of Americans opinions are deemed worthless and unacceptable. No, it's it's Trump's fault. We need someone that the country can really unify around. That's not the guy that's trying to save us from all of this and doing a damn good job of it. It's not him. No one's going to unify around him. And we can't stand up for him at all because to stand up for Donald Trump means we might not unify with sociopathic bullies. Oh, the horror. And isn't it funny how much they on that side talk about the division in the country. They want unity. They want to unify somehow. And we have to figure out a way to compromise everything to unify with them. Except the thing is, their entire movement is built on division. That is literally what collectivism aims to do. They separate by groups into oppressors and the oppressed, and they'll keep doing that process until they take all the power. And you can see that is exactly what they have attempted to do and largely have done. Are they successful? No, they will never be successful, but they achieved quite a bit. They nearly took this country away. They've been destroying it consistently for decades, but sure 
They're going to stop dividing the country. Right. All we need to do is go along with every one of their policies, but just express occasionally how begrudgingly we're going along with it. All we need to do is give them Joe Biden because he's a moderate. He's a centrist. He has a history of bringing the two sides together. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And we can see that that totally happened. As soon as Joe Biden stole the 2020 election, everyone has been totally unified. Or I get it. I know we would be unified if only all of us weren't upset about the stolen election. So where has that gotten us? Let's check in with the great unifier. The ones strong enough to maintain and excuse me, handle the fire truck. You know, There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. Thank goodness we chose to unify with the people destroying society so that we could have this as fake president. But I know Joe Biden only does that a few times a day. It's not his his main thing. He's so sharp and so succinct and so knowledgeable about everything else like this. Every six months, they say this. Every six months, they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. There, there has there is no. There's no guarantee that they're going to be. Rece- I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Isn't that amazing? Every six months, they say there's going to be a recession and there just never is a recession. And if there's one coming, maybe there's one coming. But if there is, it'll be very, very slight. It'll move down just a little bit and then everything will be OK. You remember a few months back when the actual technical definition of recession was fulfilled. They said there was not a recession. And because people wouldn't leave it alone, they changed the definition of recession. But nope, no recession here. All you have to do is say, remember back then when they said there was going to be a recession? Think about your life now. Nothing has really changed since back then, right? So that means there wasn't a recession then. There's not a recession now. And they're just saying it is for politics. That's what they're trying to do. This is basically like yesterday when Debbie Dingle was attempting to make Maria Bartiromo believe that the drug problem crossing the border has not increased at all under Joe Biden. In fact, the war on drugs has been going on since the 80s. And we know it's just a problem that exists. It's inevitable. Nothing can be done about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a million times worse now, but that's not the point. The point is they always say this just for effect and it stays the same. And they're right to a certain set of people. And that's exactly the set of people that this message is for. It's for all the child brains that actually believe they're still making sense and that people are still taking them seriously and that they have some really enlightening perspectives on what's happening in the world. They don't feel the effects. So when they're told that everyone else was just lying about how bad it is, they believe it because it hasn't gotten any worse for them. And what are they going to do? Take your interests into consideration? Of course not. They don't care about you. 
They don't care about your job. They don't care about your family. And they sure as hell don't care about the country. If they did, they wouldn't be trying to walk us into the global communist order. But I know, I know we must unify. Maybe we should unify with this. What do parents need to know about this new announcement from the FDA about updated boosters for, for young children? Yeah, good morning and thanks for having me back. I have a 10-year-old at home, so this is personal uh, as well. Um, here's what we know. Um, we know that uh, vaccines have made a tremendous impact on keeping kids healthy out of the hospital. Uh, the new vaccine that just has been authorized by the FDA, Omicron-specific, uh, targets the virus that's circulating out there. We'll uh, wait for a CDC recommendation, but after that, assuming that happens, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get my 10-year-old uh, the new updated uh, COVID vaccine, and I'm going to encourage every parent I know to do the same. Now, that's Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House COVID response coordinator, hawking vaccines for little children. And he says he's going to get his own 10-year-old boosted. You see, this one is Omicron specific. You know, Omicron, it came out 11 months ago. You must all be familiar with it. Before Omicron, the virus was changing so fast. It was the original virus, and then it was some other things, and then it was Delta. Ooh, you remember the Delta wave? And then it was some other things, and then Omicron. And now it's still Omicron, apparently, and if it wasn't, they wouldn't make the shot that would prevent Omicron, or at least prevent you from going to the hospital for Omicron, except one of the things that everybody knows about Omicron is that it actually doesn't send you to the hospital. Remember, it's the, uh, the mildest of all the very scary variants, but you still need that vaccine, even though the vaccinated are the only ones actually getting quote unquote COVID still got to get it, especially in the little kids. Did the little kids ever get hospitalized from COVID? No, of course not. But the vaccine has kept them from getting hospitalized from COVID and it doesn't you know, put them at any threat. I mean, sure, there are children dying of the vaccine and there are miscarriages. And there is a very, very strong chance that if you vaccinate a child, that child would never be able to have children. But there's no downside. Let's unify around it. We can't be divisive. We can't say things that we know are true. They might not like it. They might be less willing to unify with us at that point. And sure, they just admitted yesterday that they never actually tested the vaccines because they were moving at the speed of science. But that doesn't matter because the vaccines are very safe and very effective. And that is why the FDA just today authorized Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech's bivalent COVID-19 vaccines for use as a booster dose in younger age groups, just right down to five years old. So you can just forget about this whole thing. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch prime minister and health minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. 
This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Smal, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. Now that is a European member of parliament named Rob Ruse questioning a representative from Pfizer. And they admitted that no, haha, of course we didn't test to see if the vaccine prevented transmission before we put it on the market. We were moving at the speed of science and everybody knows that science doesn't test out the things they inject you with during the trial where you're the test subject. That would be so stupid. And if you have any problem with the speed of science, well, take it up with Anthony Fauci, who is the science. And until the science, as communicated to us, by the news says that they were actually wrong. Well, we're going to have to continue to trust the science. And if you say that these vaccines are not very safe and not very effective, then we're going to censor you. And we're going to do it in the name of unification. We're going to do it in the name of saving lives. If you don't unify with our position, you're not saving lives. In fact, you're a murderer. You are a multi, multi murderer. You've murdered millions of people with your science denial and your vaccine denial. You're actually committing crimes against humanity, not the people putting out the dangerous vaccine. It's you forever having doubted them. And if you don't stop telling the truth about what's actually happening, how do you expect us to want to unify with you? In fact, if you don't stop saying that stuff, we're not only going to refuse to unify with you, we're also going to make sure that you can never say anything. This happened today in the Senate. This is Josh Hawley talking to a Facebook executive named Chris Cox. Help them get accurate information about COVID during the unprecedented time, especially at the beginning. Well, isn't there a difference between you as a platform putting forward information and censoring your users at the behest of the White House, the administration more broadly, and the CDC? Isn't there a distinction there? We specifically uh, wanted to work with public health experts to understand the relationship between information and behavior. And so we did consult with the CDC, the World Health Organization, and others 
uh, to understand how the the platform policies we built were affecting public health. Well, you didn't just you didn't just consult with them to understand how they affected public health. You actually censored on their behalf. I mean, you t- you took these emails. I'm just quoting from a sample of them, which, by the way, have been disclosed in litigation. These these emails show that you took censorship steps. You took down accounts. You planned misinformation policies. You adjusted your policies at the behest of the United States government. I mean, that, that's not just some theoretical thing. That's actually targeting your user's speech. But you're, you're, I appreciate your forthrightness, by the way. So, but you're saying that, that was, you think that's fine and that was your policy. Senator, we, we've been public about our policies on COVID misinformation specifically as well as on misinformation generally. And so you think there's not, you're not concerned about any of this? Nothing that I just read to you, you're not concerned about it at all? Respectfully, Senator, I think the balance of how to protect free expression as well as public safety is a difficult issue. But it's one we're committed to working with outside experts and publishing our work. Well, um, I appreciate you being so forthright. As I said, this is actually from litigation between the state of Missouri and the state of Louisiana and the federal government. I I anticipate that your remarks under oath today are going to be very interesting and helpful to that litigation. I'll just say this. My view is, is that the United States government is bound by the First Amendment. They cannot encourage or coerce or incite or collude with a private party to get around the First Amendment, but you've just said to me today that that's basically what they did, that you coordinated with them repeatedly over a pattern of months and years to adjust and target your speech policies for protected speech at the behest of the United But they're a private company. They're just taking down mis- and disinformation. And yeah, of course they're doing it for only one side because that's the only side putting out mis- and disinformation. And you have to believe us, even though we've been absolutely wrong about everything and we've been obviously lying the whole time, because if you refuse to do it, we're never going to unify with you. So just accept it. And besides, you don't have any choice. We're the ones with all the power and the status and the wealth. We're going to go ahead and make the decisions because also we hold all the positions of power in the government through very, very, very safe and secure elections that only crazy people would ever doubt. And you know what? Not only did Joe Biden win by 7 million real legal American votes in 2020, Donald Trump didn't win in 2016. He stole that election, even though Americans have the most safe and most secure elections anywhere in the world. Donald Trump stole the 2016 election by colluding with Russia. It's all still true, no matter what the evidence says, no matter what the sworn evidence says, it's all still true. Trump colluded with Russia and no one set him up. It was all him and Putin just being really, really mean and bad together. They teamed up to be mean and bad. And if you don't say they're mean and bad, we are never going to unify with you. And okay, sure, commie, whatever you say, except you got to explain this, this thing right here. This is from just the news today. Durham shows jurors emails to prove Danchenko concealed lied to FBI about Steele dossier sources. In the opening of the second day of special counsel John Durham's case against Russia intelligence expert Igor Danchenko, 
Durham walked jurors through a series of emails to bolster his case that Danchenko lied to the FBI about gathering information in the agency's 2016 Russia collusion probe. Danchenko faces five counts for allegedly lying to the FBI about his role in gathering information about then GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump during his 2016 White House bid as part of a federal investigation into alleged collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. The charges essentially state Danchenko lied or concealed sources from the bureau. The first count focuses on whether he talked to Democrat operative Charles Dolan about the dossier. The other four are connected to a call Danchenko suggested he had with Belarusian-born businessman named Sergei Milion, who at the time was serving as president of the Russian-American Chamber of Commerce, and whether information in the dossier was indeed from Milion. Danchenko never received such a phone call or such information from any person he believed to be, said Milian. And I assume that should be believed to be me, said Milian, according to the Durham indictment. Rather, Danchenko fabricated these facts. Danchenko has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Durham on Wednesday presented the emails during FBI intelligence analyst Brian Auten's second day on the witness stand. Auten disclosed on Tuesday, the FBI offered former British spy Christopher Steele as much as a million dollars to corroborate information in a Trump opposition research dossier he compiled for the agency and to which Danchenko was a primary contributor. Among the emails presented were those between Danchenko and Dolan. And let's pause for a second and talk about that whole million dollar thing. That's kind of a big deal. The FBI is paying a source to corroborate unsubstantiated claims he's made that would, if true, harm Donald Trump's presidential campaign. And it might also be worth noting that this dossier that Christopher Steele created and then the FBI paid him to substantiate was originally funded by Hillary Clinton and the DNC through Fusion GPS and Democratic law firm Perkins Coie run by Mark Elias. One email appears to show Danchenko reaching out to Dolan and saying he was working on a related project. However, Auten told jurors that during a January 2017 meeting with Danchenko, he did not mention Dolan's name when asked to reveal all the sources for his contributions to the dossier. The defense team in opening arguments disputed the nature of Danchenko's and Dolan's communications, seeming to argue whether they were not directly connected to the dossier fact gathering. Other emails presented were related to the four other counts regarding Danchenko's connection to Milion. Emails show Danchenko attempting to contact Milion, giving him his phone number and email address. Another shows Danchenko contacting a third party in another attempt to reach Milion. Durham's indictment claims Danchenko never spoke to Milion at all, which would support Milion's longstanding contention that he was not the source of any material in the dossier. The prosecution on Tuesday argued that no such call was made, or at least no record of such a call exists. And that would mean they have his call records, wouldn't it? The defense team said the call was made on an untraceable phone app. 
The trial is being held in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia, Alexandria Division. It began Tuesday with jury selection and opening arguments. Durham was appointed special counsel in 2020 by then Attorney General William Barr to look into the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion investigation, particularly the conduct of FBI agents who worked on the probe known as Crossfire Hurricane. The trial is expected to last about a week, with Auten the first of four scheduled witnesses. Presiding over the trial is Senior District Court Judge Anthony Trenga, appointed to the court by President George W. Bush. This is the second trial in Durham's probe. The first trial in Washington, D.C. in May found former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman not guilty of lying to the FBI about information he had about alleged collusion. In Durham's investigation prior to Sussman's trial, former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith pleaded guilty to falsifying a surveillance document during the Trump-Russia collusion investigation and received a sentence of 12 months of probation and 400 hours of community service. So a slap on the wrist. So basically, the FBI got all of these salacious claims that were entirely made up. They couldn't prove any of them, probably because they knew they were entirely made up. So they offered to pay Christopher Steele, the former British spy, a million dollars to substantiate those claims so that they could be effectively used against Donald Trump in order to bring down his 2016 presidential campaign for the benefit of Hillary Clinton and the media and legacy social media and all of the institutions of power in our culture all went right along with it. Donald Trump is a traitor. Donald Trump is committing crimes against America. But it wasn't Trump. It was never Trump. And they knew it wasn't Trump and they did it anyway. And all of the people who need us to unify with them believed it and they still believe it. And you're still not allowed to say it because if you say it, then you're a conspiracy theorist. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, well, that's just not something they're prepared to unify with. And how about this from October 10th? In the Associated Press, Colorado, 30,000 non-citizens got vote registration mailer. That's Jenna Griswold, who's Secretary of State in Colorado. Is she a Soros Secretary of State? Yes. Yes, she is. They say that Colorado has the best and most efficient election system in the country. Colorado is the gold standard. And Jenna Griswold, she's the gold standard, too. Colorado's Secretary of State office says it mistakenly sent postcards to about 30,000 non-citizens, encouraging them to register to vote, blaming the error on a database glitch related to the state's list of residents with driver's licenses. The safest and most secure elections, the gold standard of elections within the states. That's Colorado. That's Jenna Griswold. And every now and then there's a database glitch. The Office of Democratic Secretary of State Jenna Griswold insisted none of the non-citizens will be allowed to register to vote if they try. And the good thing is that nothing like this has ever, 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 ever happened before. In fact, not a single illegal alien 
ever votes in our elections, and certainly not thousands of them, certainly not enough to absolutely tip the balance in swing states, even disregarding all of the other kinds of fraud. This could never happen. Don't worry. Don't talk about it. Unify. The news comes at a time of widespread skepticism, often unfounded, of voting integrity following the 2020 presidential election. And as Griswold, who has touted her role as a national advocate for secure elections, seeks re-election in the November midterms. Colorado's Republican chair, Christy Burton Brown, condemned Griswold for the error, saying in a Monday statement that Jenna Griswold continues to make easily avoidable errors just before ballots go out by mail on October 17th. Griswold faces Republican Pam Anderson, a former suburban Denver clerk and head of the state's county clerks association, who is a staunch advocate of Colorado's all male voting system. Oh, how did that happen? Pam Anderson stole an election from Tina Peters and establishment uniparty Republicans helped her do it. You see, Pam Anderson is a good one because she has a little R next to her name. Doesn't matter that she's fully supportive of an all male election. She has an R next to her name. That means that people upset with the Democrat who is an obvious global communist and Soros plant. That is just definitionally true. By the way, this isn't hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating. That's exactly what this is. People in the middle who might be upset about that whole thing. Ooh, it has the, a whiff of corruption around it. I guess I can't vote for them. Better vote R. Who am I going to put in? Is that little R? Oh, it's this uniparty establishment Republican. And that person's in there because she can win. Because she's the kind of candidate that can be a unifier. You don't want to put Tina Peters in there, the woman who actually risked her job, her reputation, and her life to bring the truth about Colorado elections to the American public. You wouldn't want her serving the people. She's divisive. Go with Pam Anderson. She's the one who can fix it. Griswold's office said in a statement that the postcards were mailed September 27th. The error happened after department employees compared a list of names of 102,000 people provided by the Electronic Registration Information Center, ERIC, a bipartisan multi-state organization devoted to voter registration to a database of Colorado residents issued driver's licenses. Oh, you get it? So they have driver's licenses. That means they must be citizens. You just pass that list over to Eric. They're nonpartisan, totally independent. And yes, they control your voter registries, but it's all good because they're nonpartisan or bipartisan, but, but independent. And so they send all those names right back to the secretary of state's office as potential voter registries. And then the secretary of state's office trusts Eric and they send out the registration forms to illegal aliens, but it's not a system. It's not a system. And if you say it is, that's a conspiracy. You see, this was only a database glitch, just a database glitch. It's just like when human error 
and computer error happened in the election, but it wasn't enough to change the results. And it certainly wasn't intentional. It wasn't a system. It wasn't a system. It was just a glitch. It was just a human error. These things happen. And sometimes, yeah, tens of thousands of illegal immigrants are added to voter registries all across the country, but it's just because of a database glitch. And we're surely going to fix it because we care so much and we don't profit from the election fraud system. Trust us. And if you don't trust us, We're never going to unify with you. The Department of Revenue's driver's license list includes residents issued special licenses for people who are not U.S. citizens, but it didn't include formatting information that normally would have allowed the Department of State to eliminate those names before the mailers went out. Griswold's office said Monday. And you got to understand now it's no one's fault. The incident is under investigation, it said. Colorado Public Radio News first reported the error. Colorado is among at least 18 states, along with the District of Columbia, that issue driver's licenses to non-U.S. citizens, according to the National Council on State Legislatures. Colorado also automatically registers eligible voters when they obtain their driver's license from the Department of Motor Vehicles. Griswold's office said it was unaware that anyone who received the postcards in error had tried to register. Oh, so we didn't mean to do it. And it's definitely not part of a system. And no one has done it yet, at least not that we know of. So it's not a problem. Don't worry. It's just a database glitch. We got it. Griswold's office is sending notices to the roughly 30,000 people who aren't citizens, but who mistakenly received the postcards. And it is applying several efforts to prevent or reject anyone not eligible to vote from registering, including comparing social security numbers required for each application on a daily basis. County clerks will also refer suspect cases to local district attorneys for review. And don't worry, that social security number thing is foolproof. It's going to work for sure, because there's no other way that you can register to vote except, you know, in those places where they allow you to use your tax ID number that they give you so that they can, like, take care of your taxes while you're an illegal alien. And yeah, yeah, is that on the voter registration thing? Like, is that one of the ways they can do it? Okay, so the Social Security number isn't going to, like, actually catch the whole problem. And they're all still going to slip through and they're going to just make you think that they took care of it. Okay, I got it. Now, surely an article from the mainstream press would not want to leave you with this feeling of doubt, like the system of power did something wrong that directly affects you and makes it harder for you to live your life and for you to have your representation in government. So they have to fix it all up and leave you with a happy feeling. You know, it's their version of a happy ending. Sean Morales Doyle, director of the voting rights program at the Brennan Center for Justice said the fact that the mistake was caught shows the system is working. It would show, first of all, that mistakes can happen. But secondly, that there are checks in place to make sure mistakes don't result in disaster. Morales Doyle said it's not good. This happened. It appears to be a case of human error and a database error and not some conspiracy, which I think some critics would seize on. Yeah, it's definitely not some conspiracy. This is the system working perfectly, but they got caught. If they didn't get caught, the system would have still produced this and no one would know about it. And those people could have registered and no one would know about it. And then they could have voted or better yet, they could have never known and they could have had their votes cast for them and no one would have known about it. But here's the good thing. It's very likely that those 
registration cards reminding people to register are attached to fake addresses where those registration cards are then harvested, filled out, and then registered in other people's names for them so that when the ballots are mailed out, those can be harvested too. And these voters, (laughs) I'm just kidding, not voters, illegal aliens, they would have never even known that all of this is happening. And the system would have worked perfectly so long as no one actually caught it. That would just mean no one actually knew. And they could tell you the system worked perfect. We have a perfect system. It's the gold standard. That's why we need more George Soros secretaries of state in their positions around the country. Morales Doyle said there have been very few incidents of non-citizens attempting to register in the U.S. because the consequences are so severe, up to and including deportation, which is supposed to be the consequence of them being here illegally in the first place. Except that's not enforced, and they know it, so it doesn't matter. But don't worry, the other part is totally going to be enforced. The Electronic Registration Information Center, known as ERIC, is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving U.S. voter rolls and encouraging registrations. And it's nonprofit, which means they're not even making money on any of this. They're just doing it as a favor to everybody. It's a favor to you. They control the voter registration system as a favor. They don't get anything out of it at all. They do it out of the goodness of their heart. And it couldn't be that what they get out of it is the ability to control American elections for the benefit of the global communists. That absolutely can't be it. Some 33 states and the District of Columbia belong to the group. Under its contract with Eric, Colorado sends a mailing to eligible residents encouraging them to register each election cycle. The Colorado postcards in English and Spanish. Oh, oh, Spanish. Yeah, for the illegal aliens, of course. Specify that residents must be U.S. citizens and at least 18 years old to register. They tell recipients how to register, but are not a registration form. This is just the form to get the form, to encourage them to fill out the form. And it's in Spanish, you know, because illegal aliens. And sure, you might say, they're stealing our elections, abusing our system of justice to make sure that no one on our side can ever have power. They're censoring us, they're poisoning us, and they are busy telling us that a man who can't think in complete sentences is a true, legitimate president, and an excellent one at that. But whatever we do, we can't upset these people, not at all. Even if it means compromising our deeply held principles, even if it means compromising with them about everything, even if it means putting someone who just stopped being a Democrat yesterday as the Democrat ship is so obviously sinking as Donald Trump's vice presidential candidate, it's worth it to do it because we need to unify. If we don't unify, if we refuse to unify, then all of these people who have been bullying us for years and years will never, ever stop. And that's exactly what they said They would do if we just gave them everything they wanted, if we just made them comfortable enough so that they would do the thing they're doing, but just in a way that doesn't upset us quite so much. It's all about unity. Everybody unify now. 
But the goal is not to unify with the bad people. The goal is to unify around a set of principles that we are willing to stand up and defend in the face of the bullying and the threats and the intimidation and the censorship. We unify around principles. We have already done that. And we can have our differences. We are going to have differences of opinion because we've had different lives in the past. We have different lives in the present. We have different lives in the future. Our experiences are different. They have shaped us in different ways. We know different things. We believe different things. It's okay to have differences of opinion. We unify around principles. And until those people are willing to unify around that same set of principles, we do not need to unify with them just because they continue to attempt to destroy us. They're not going to stop. They don't stop now with us all divided, which upsets them so much, even though they gain power from division. And they're not going to do it in the future because they don't care about unifying with you. Unifying is something you have to do for their benefit. We do not play their game. We are not on their battlefield. We are dominating and winning, and we are doing it because we have unified around principles. Those principles must stay forward. We do not sacrifice them to these people. And in the position we're in now, we certainly don't give them the grand prize just for participation. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash imyourmoderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!